give our ears and our minds and our spirits to you as you just do what you do so well is just come in and you take uh, our messed up, jumbled up uh, existence and would you help us continue to make sense of it and not just to make sense of it but to, to have a, a victorious life while we're here as long as you give us breath and we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. We have, uh, I, before Bob uh, so eloquently was here last week, we are in a series uh, called This Leads to That or This is Connected to That, however you want to say it. But it's, we're talking about God's will. And everything to do with God's will is such a muddled mess because all of us have enough, hard enough time living life. And we understand parameters. We understand the parameters that when we buy a new car, there's a, there's some certain things you do with the car. When you get a new tool, there's certain things you do with that tool. And, and we, we, we want to use that tool in the way it was supposed to be meant. Um, I, this last week, I was doing something with a tool, and I, I was reminded of this, that I was using it in a way it wasn't, and I, br I broke my tool because I was pounding on something, and it wasn't a tool that was a hammer, but it was something else, and I broke it. And I was reminded that's kind of like us in God's will. We, we know what God has for us, and we know, we believe we know what he wants us to do. But then we really don't because we get so confused, and life throws weird things at us. And today we're going to talk about one of the things that life throws at us, and that's distractions. Distractions are probably what is taking the world to hell in a handbasket. And it's what gets us to, because when we get distracted, what happens is we begin to forget what's important. We begin not to do the things that are really necessary. And we begin to let things slide and slip that we shouldn't let slip. We all get distracted by all kinds of things. Uh, I looked up a list online this people uh, this week that said of what people said they get most distracted by, and uh, one said they were they were distracted when they were driving. One woman said while she was driving she changed her baby's diaper. One said uh, I eat Fruit Loops every every day on the, on the way to school, and I, and, I, and somebody had asked do you uh, do you do milk? And she says yes, I always have milk in my Fruit Loops. And I'm like, How do you do that? Another one paints their fingernails. Uh, and this one is the scariest and most impressive one of all. The person said, I clip my toenails. That's, that's flexibility right there. I don't know how you drive and clip your toenails. I don't know. I don't even know. I don't have any idea. And the number one distraction, oh, wait a minute. I've got to get this. It's a, it's a text. Hold on. I'll be right back. It's your phone. It's your phone. You know that in some countries, they're, I don't know if it's in the United States, but they're putting rubber on telephone poles in big cities because people are, are literally getting hurt by, by running into telephone poles while they're on their phone because they're looking down and not looking forward. We live in a, in a time where there's so many things that distract us. I want to talk about distractions today. And specifically, here's the question I want to ask. Here's the question. Because you always have to have a question to start out when you want to talk to people. You're like, why, why, do you, why should I care about this? Why, why do I care about distractions? Well, it's this. What do you do when the blessings of God distract you from the will of God? I want you to think about that a minute. What do you do when God blesses you, and he has, and he is, what do you do when those blessings distract you from what God really wants you to do? See, one of Satan's greatest tricks, I believe, is to distract us. Now, we're hardwired for distractions. Neurologist Dr. Andrew Huberman says the longest we are capable of focusing at one time without a break is 90 minutes, and that's pushing it. Most of us would say, nah, not anymore. And I think that has drastically come down. That's why they say flight controllers, they only let them stay in, their, in, a, in front of a screen for 90 minutes because they lose focus. They lose focus. There's a whole big name for it, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce it because I'll butcher it. But the name of, of this is it's a syndrome. It's that we can't stay focused. How many of us are like that? We, and so no wonder we can't read the Bible. No wonder we can't pray very well. No wonder when we start to pray, oh, Jesus, I love you, and 
I, I want to be more like you. And, oh, I got something to do at 5 o'clock. And, I, oh, I got, and we, just, we just run right there. We just go there. And we find ourselves all over the block when, when it comes to these kinds of things. So I ask again, how do, you, how do you keep from letting the blessings of God distract you from God's will, from what God has designed for you? Because I believe strongly why you should care about this, because everybody in this place, God has something he wants you to do, whether you're on your, on your deathbed, whether you're just, you're, you're just getting, to, getting to notice that things are at, whether you're here today and your life is in turmoil, God has a plan and a purpose for you. And this leads to that. Everything that's going on in your life, God wants to weave together to do something incredible and special. But you have to get in line and figure that out. And that's where we're going to go to Joseph today. Uh, but I want to I start with a couple, uh, a couple scriptures. Uh, Proverbs th- uh, 30, 8 and 9 says this. This is the perfect prayer. Uh, it's a wisdom. It's a wisdom chapter, a wisdom book, and there's so much wisdom in this. And I, I, I'm going to do a sermon on this. I decided after I went went through this, I'm going to do a whole sermon. I may do a couple sermons on this, but it says this: Proverbs 38 and 9. First, what a great prayer, man! This is incredible. First, help me to never tell a lie. Good prayer. Second, give me neither poverty nor riches. Give me just enough to satisfy my needs. For if I grow rich, I may deny you and say, who's the Lord? And if I'm too poor, I may steal and thus insult God's holy name. What a, what a dichotomy. What a dichotomy of, 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 of us. If I got too much, I don't rely on God. If I have too little and I'm, I'm not careful, I'll be a taker and I'll just take from people. Not maybe stealing, but I'll take. I'm always, what can you do for me? You ever been there? <laughs> well, I'm not getting what I need. I'm not being served. And they're not, they're not meeting my needs. My husband, my wife, my, my work, my, you know, whatever. Be very, very careful. What a, what, what a, what a great prayer. Just what I need. Give me, God, just what I need. And who knows what I need? The manufacturer of me and you. The manufacturer knows exactly what you need. He knows your limits. He knows knows exactly what is going to, to take you where you need to go. And so it's our place to get in line with that. See, Joseph... And I, I love this story, and I, I've read over it so many times, and I'm so full of stuff. And I, I, my my tendency is to really, really, really want to just drag this out. But I want to I want to say this: Joseph was, as he's experiencing the blessings of God, he was he was the favorite. He had the coat, remember all all that. It was, and, and his dad loved him, and the brothers hated him, and it, it was blessings, blessings, blessings. And one day. His brothers have had too much. He comes, he's made a slave, put in a, put in a hole, and then he's brought out of the hole and sold to slaves. He gets promoted. As we know, he goes into this, this place called Potiphar's house. We're going to talk about that a little bit today. He goes in and he gets promoted. So he goes some blessings <laughs> to really, to being a slave, to some more blessings. This leads to that. It all smooshes together. But why? Where is God right now in my life? Do you understand the physical limitations? Do you understand how much I'm hurting? Do you understand all the, the horrible things that are going on in my life at this time? This leads to that. This is all connected. And God is wanting to do some things in our lives Genesis chapter 39. We're going to read uh, the story today, as where we left off last week, or two weeks ago, sorry. Genesis 39, 1 through 6. We're going to read this, and then we're just going to go straight to the next slide. Here we go. When Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelites, traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh and the king of Egypt. 
Wow. Okay. Lot, you know, this leads to that boy. That he's not far off from the king of Egypt, going from a hole to here he is. Okay. Just, just kind of follow along with that. The Lord was with Joseph. So he, what? The Lord was with, oh, okay. He, he's, he's a slave. The Lord was with Joseph. So he succeeded in everything he did. And as he served in the home of his Egyptian master, and Potiphar noticed this and he released, realized that the Lord was with Joseph giving him success in everything he did. Well, what's going to happen? <laughs> this pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant right next to him. Okay, he goes from being in a pit, being in a pit to right next to Potiphar. He's right there because he did the right things in the middle of adversity. <laughs> Don't miss that. Why did, he, why did God bless him? Because he had a place to take him. He had, a, he had a rendezvous for him. He had a place he wanted to go. And in the middle of this crap hole that he's in, God raises him up again. And he gets there. He put him in charge of the entire household and everything he owned. Next one. From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. For Joseph's sake, he blessed Potiphar. Potiphar, a, a heathen, an ungodly, horrible guy probably because he believed in lots and lots and lots of gods, not the God. He blesses Potiphar because of Joseph. Wouldn't that be something if he was doing that with us, with that person in your life that's really hard, with that person that you just had the, the worst time with, if he blessed that person through you, through your good attitude, through the way that you faced life. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. And with Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. That, that, I had to look that up. I, I, I looked and studied that. He, everything. He didn't care about nothing, Potiphar. He always, I'm going to put a grape in my mouth. That's all he cared about. I'm going to get, I'm, today I'm going to eat a steak. I don't care about the, that my affairs are, I, I know that Joseph's got it. What trust? He didn't know he was putting his trust in God because Joseph's trust was in God, but he was. He was putting his trust in God. And here it is. What, a, what an incredible thing. All he has to worry about is what he's going to eat. That's something. Do you understand? How many of you can't go to sleep every night? You can't go to sleep because your mind is thinking about all the stuff you got to do. Potiphar, all he had to think about at night was, what am I going to eat in the morning? Now, I know some of you think about that all night, too. You think about, what am I going to eat for lunch? What am I going to eat for breakfast? What am I going to eat for supper? What am I going to eat for next? I understand that. But with Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. Man, I want to be like Joseph. That I can come into some dude's house and, and get promoted. Well, my boss doesn't see it in me. Maybe it's because you're not doing it with your boss. Maybe you're, you're just clocking in. Maybe you're just doing time. I don't know. See, we don't know exactly how, uh, how long Joseph was with Potiphar. We know he was sold as a slave at age 17. He was with Potiphar. And the next week, we'll see as we get into it next, next Sunday, that at age 30, he goes and he, he gets promoted again to be with Pharaoh. So he goes from the hole in 15 years. Listen, 15 years. He goes and he's still a captive. He's still a slave, but he's doing something Really, he is being blessed. Get this, get this, get this. This is my lesson today. He's being blessed. 15 years he's being blessed. The ESV translation says in verse 5, the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in his house and his field. And when you think of going from a slave to success, it's like, wow. Wouldn't it have been easy for Joseph to think, hey, hey, maybe this is the destination. Maybe I've arrived here I am, baby. I'm done. Thank you, God, for your will. I appreciate it. Close the door, Katie. I'm done. 
It's all over. But that's not what happens. See, if Joseph would have done that, listen, if Joseph would have done that, he would have missed the biggest thing in his life that God had planned for him. What was that? To save millions of people's lives by going to Pharaoh eventually and to save all those people by his dreams coming true, back taking all that food and putting it back so that when tragedy struck, millions of people not only were fed, but they knew who Joseph's God was. Potiphar just figured it out. Potiphar just figured Remember, he, this guy's got thousands of gods. And he says, let me... I want to know about you, Lord. We'll, we'll talk about that here in just a minute. So uh, looking at Joseph's story, here's a few, uh, there's a few things that I want to share with you, and then I want to get into the meat, and then we're, we're done. About five minutes on this, and then we'll, we'll, we'll move around a little bit. Here we go. There, there's a few ways that blessings become distraction. How do, how do blessings become distraction? When, when God blesses us, how does that become distraction? So one is if, when they feel spiritual. When you get a blessing and it feels spiritual, like God's going, hey, that was, you did good, jo- good job, son. Good job, daughter. If you look at verse 2, the, Lord, the, 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 the scripture says in 39 that the Lord was with Joseph. Joseph had God with him, and that obviously is a blessing. And there are only six people in all the scriptures, and I, I had to spend some time on this, but there's six people in scripture about what that said that God was with them. Can you believe that? All those incredible people, and there's only six that, that that's said about. Joseph is the only person who's said about that more than once. Joseph was somebody we better understand, and we better get to know. It's kind of a big deal. It would have been tempting for Joseph to think, you know, since God's with me, this must be the blessing. Potiphar's house, here I am. Ta-da! Mission accomplished. It would be kind of like if you were here today and, or you know somebody who would say, we're going to go to church and we're going to fix our marriage. Our marriage is going to be fixed. Going to church is not going to fix your marriage. It might help, but it's not going to fix your marriage. It'd be kind of like if you said, my marriage is in trouble, so, you know, I'm going to, we'll go to church and try it out. And, and a lot of people do this, trust me, so many people do this. They try to, well, nothing happened, you know. My wife didn't, she didn't quit arguing with me, and she didn't quit nagging me, and he didn't quit being not loving, and it, yeah, it's just not going to work. Attending church in a vacuum, <laughs> attending church just as something to cross off your list, will not fix your marriage. Listen to me, it will not fix your marriage. Just going to church will not fix anything that's in you that's broken. Fixing your marriage will happen when you do the hard work of humbling yourself and, and setting, I'm, I'm going to take God's grace and I'm going to let it seep into the deepest, darkest parts of my being and I'm going to humble myself before my partner because I know I'm part of the problem. And I'm going to seek forgiveness and mercy. And I'm going to seek God and say, what is my part in this broken down relationship that you and I have? Attending church will maybe help that process. And maybe it won't. But attending church alone is not going to fit your marriage. It's when they feel spiritually, oh, you know, I'm going to, God's with me. I know he is, but it has to, it has to have some, some commitment on our part to that, that situation. The second way I see that blessing is going to become distraction is when they feed our ego. When they feed our ego. Think about Joseph. Joseph had an ego problem. We've talked about that. His ego problem was he wore that stupid coat around his brothers. What stupid guy would do that? knowing that his brothers hate him. He had an ego. He was Ric Flair, baby. Woo! Here I am. Walking in the room everywhere he was. He was stupid because he had an ego. And he, yet he told them that the dreams, you're going to bow down to me, baby. 
who does that doesn't get pulverized. It's so important to understand this. See, distractions come when the good things happen to us and it feeds that part of us that's broken. I'm tough. I, you know, I, I got a little bit of uh, natural ability. I can do this and I don't have to work hard. Man, I was like that when I was younger in sports. I didn't, uh, if I'd have worked half as much, I would have been so much different. But I, I'm like, I'm, I'm all right because God gave me a bunch of natural ability. I was strong, I was big, and, and, and I was like, this is good. But it, it, it wasn't what God was wanting me to do with that ego. And so you know what? He, he, he took some of that stuff off of me. If you're not careful, <laughs> that will be a distraction, your ego. Because your ego is what you think about yourself. Even if you're here today and you don't feel very good about yourself, you still try to feed your ego. And sometimes you feed it the wrong way by putting other people down so you feel a little bit higher. <laughs> by thinking less of people than you. And, you know, well, at least I'm not that person. Be very, very careful. Very careful about that. And the third way, the third way that uh, we have these distractions when God blesses us is when it takes and it fuels disbelief. This is big. It would have been tempting for Joseph to think, <laughs> to kind of go down this road. Uh, I, I'm successful here at Potiphar's house, and uh, I, I must have interpreted those dreams wrong. And, and God gave me a long time ago, and my brothers and dad, and so I'll just forget that. And I, I thought, you know, I thought I was going to be about my family, and I thought I was going to do something great, and it just didn't happen. Well, that's, that's kind of us. You know what happens? We, we, we go through high school and people tell us we're supposed to be a certain thing and a certain person. And then we grow up and we go to college or we go to some, we go out and we work hard and we do all those things and we find a wife and, hey, yeah, that was nice. I got somebody who loves me right now, for now. <laughs> I got somebody who loves me. And then, oh, yeah, you know, let's have some kids. So we got some kids. God, God's taking care of me. He's blessing us. We're, we're moving out of the apartment. We got us a house. God's blessing us. He's blessing us. Yeah, go God. And, and you know, when you're, when you're not doing, when you're, when you're going through that process, you, you're, you're pretty cognizant of the fact that God's doing stuff in your life. But what, the more that stuff does, oh, I got a house. Now I got to furnish it. And I got to pay for that stuff. And I got to get some jobs to furnish that stuff. And then I got to take care of that stuff. And I got to maintain that stuff. And I got to do all that things with that stuff. And pretty soon we are distracted because we're not doing the things that God called us to do. To be maybe stewards with, uh, with helping other people. Maybe giving our, our time and our monies and, and our efforts and our talents to other people. And so what we do is we draw in and we become all about us and we're our own little island because that's what our society teaches us. We are distracted. We are, we are taught to just bunch all up, get yourself in your little house, close the garage door, go in there, stay in your house, go out, go to work and go back and do it all over again today, tomorrow. That's kind of the lives we live. And so we get distracted because of a blessing. A blessing that's so, so important. Verse 3 tells us that Potiphar realized that the Lord was with Joseph. He realized it was the Lord. He did, he, his, none of his gods were coming through for him like this. Potiphar, Potiphar's like, dang, this guy's got something I don't got. So he, reckoned, he in fact, he called him, if you go through the translation, he called him Yahweh which was his God. The gods had specific names. They had lots of Greek gods, but not, not, not this one. He said Yahweh. Yahweh is, he recognized that Yahweh was blessing him. And that's the, the word for Lord, the Lord. Potiphar is Egyptian, okay? Not Greek, I said Greek, I'm sorry, but there, there was lots of Greek gods. How does Potiphar know that Hebrew word for God unless... Unless Joseph has had a discussion with him about it. Unless Joseph has told him why 
he is who he is. Maybe some of his ego is kind of going around the, the thing. And so when Potiphar gives him a compliment, he's going, well, let me tell you about Yahweh. Let me tell you about my God. And that's why I'm so careful today. And I'm 65 years old. I'm so careful when anybody gives me a compliment to try to shovel it right back to God. Anything that's good in my life is God. And I, I give it back to him because it's so easy to take those things that people say and feed that part of us that doesn't need to be fed. I think the only way this verse can be true is, is when Potiphar says these good things about Joseph, Joseph is forthcoming to him. Here's why I am who I am. <laughs> Here's why I do what I do. Joseph knew there was dreams that God had given him. And God put them there for a purpose. And he will not settle till they came to pass. I believe God wants us to choose humility today. I believe he wants us to choose humbleness. Most of us in here, we say, well, I'm a humble person. But I, I encourage you to really look at your life and say, are you? Are you really filled with humility? What can we do to have the kind of humility that makes sure that every blessing that God gives us, we give back to him? That every blessing that, that people say about us or anything good that people say about us, it, it goes back to him. God himself says, if you don't want the blessing of God to distract you from the will of God, do not forget. Do not forget. Now, I want to, I want to show you this. Exodus 20, 20. 25. Here we go. I think. Go to the next one, please. Did I not put Exodus 20? Frozen. Da 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 da. Hey, we didn't put it? That was really a bummer. <laughs> All right. Here, here's the thing Exodus 20 says. It basically says, God, what I just quoted there. When God. Uh, told the people what, what to look for. He told him, he says, I do not want you to forget what I've done for you. See, there was a whole history, all the book of Genesis and Exodus of what God had done for his people. And he told them time and time again, I want you to create memory spots. So what I want you to do is I want you to go build an altar. I want you to build an altar. Every place you come, I want you to build an altar. So if you ever go past that way again, you look at it and you go, Oh, yeah, remember what God did? And when you go past that way again, you're probably going to be going through something different. Somebody's falling apart in your family. <laughs> Some big, horrible thing, and you go, oh, yeah, that's when God did that in my life. And that's what we don't do. Our distractions have created us so much busyness and so many things we don't take time to celebrate anything. Oh, we celebrate birthdays if we can get off our phones long enough to sing happy birthday and eat a piece of cake and do that kind of stuff. But we don't celebrate what God does in our life. And so what we, don't, what we end up doing is we don't just remember, we forget. And we're distracted. We're distracted to the place that we, we, we have find ourselves in a place where we think, God, where are you? See, the Israelites didn't do that. Joseph didn't do that. They knew where God was because they had memory spots. They had things in their life that they could point to and say, that's God. That's where God is. And the ark, remember, if you remember the Ark of the Covenant, they had, uh, it was a very special box that they covered around, that they carried around, not covered. And in that box was Aaron's staff, there was a jar of manna, and there was a stone tablet all from the original things that happened back in Genesis 20. The law that was written in all three different reminders of who and what they were doing. We forget. We have our t-shirts, but they, they wear out. And they don't mean much because they're just a t-shirt. We need some memory spots in our life. Jesus himself on that day, remember when he was arrested... And he, he got arrested illegally and put on trial and executed. He gathers his 12 apostles together and he says, Hey, listen, listen. <laughs> I want you to do something. I want you to remember. And I want you to eat bread and take 
this juice that's going, this wine, to remember this day. Over and over and over, God says, how do I get away from distractions? How do I, how do I combat when the, the tears of life come at me? I remember what God has done for me and for others in my life. This is a very private thing, but I want to share it. Back when we first started the church, this is what a, my memory box. And no, I'm not a very, um, I'm not a very sentimental person. But this might make me cry. So I hope I don't cry. I don't ever cry in front of you guys. All right. So anyway, back when we started the church, I, I was reading this passage. That's why this passage means so much to me. And I, somebody. Came, went to India and came back from India and they got me this box and I've filled this box 10, 15 times and I have another box that I keep putting in. It's a memory box and sometimes when I get distracted sometimes when I get down I go in that box and I look and I put, I put things in there. There's some incredible things and a lot of things from some of you. There's some cards in there. There's some, there's some rocks that people gave me. Somebody made it a cross. A couple of you made some crosses. And I can tell you who and exactly gave them to me. And I, I want you to understand that it's kind of corny. And I know not everybody's going to do that. But I'm telling you what, in the deepest, darkest times of my life, I have this box to remind me of what God's done in my life. There's nothing in it right now because I didn't want you to have to, anybody see it and it's, it's the stuff's in it. I have some notes in it. I have some notes in my family, my, myself. I'm a, I, I just think there is so much healing and there's so much um, things that God does when we have a place or something that we can do that with. I have a shelf back in my office. You've many been in my office and there's all kinds of stuff in there. That's my memory. That's part of my memory shelf. It's mission trips we've been on places. I, I've got some stuff that if you ask me about it, you go, what the heck is that? And I say, that's a memory. And it, it reminds me of you. It reminds me of God. It reminds me of people that it, don't even go here anymore. It reminds me of the blessing they were in my life. And it reminds me of what God did in my life. So I want to give you a suggestion. Maybe you need a, a place of memory. Maybe it's not a box, but maybe there's something, something that you could start today and you could start putting things in that little box and say, I'm going to, every time when, when the, the things of life get really, really tough, I'm going to open that box. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remember. I'm going to remember what God has done for me in the past. Let me ask you today, if you could take that physical box and, and hold it in front of you, what are some of the things that you would put in that box right now? The way that God has done things in your life. I, I don't know what yours is, but I, I can tell you what mine are. And I'm no, I'm no prophet here, and I don't, I don't expect to say that I am, but I know this. If you're here today and your life is really, really good, there's coming a time when it's not going to be. <laughs> And if you're here today and your life is really, really hard, there's coming a time when it may not be. And if you're here today and you're struggling, God is, is saying to you, remember who I am. Remember what I did in the past. Remember what I did yesterday. Remember what I'm going to do today. And remember what I'm going to do tomorrow because I win. I put, a, I, 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 I put in there that America has been blessed church. Listen to me. America has been blessed to the nth degree. We have become the world's power for sending out and bringing things, and the world is distracted. The world is broken. I understand that. America is broken, and it's broken because people have been distracted from the will of God. All the things that are happening, though, the bad things and the things that we all think are going to happen or might happen or should happen or didn't happen or will happen, they all come together to still make God's will, no matter what it is. And, and, you, and, I, and so my word to you today is this. If you're here and you're all upset, and you're, what, what's going on politically, what's going on in America, what's going on with, with all the, the messes of people not knowing who God is, take heart. Take heart, because our God, 
Our God is on the job. He's on the job, and he has a plan, and he has a purpose, even through this mess. Through everything that you're going through personally, through what we're going through in a city, through what we're going through in the state, through what we're going through in America, through what we're going through in the world, God has a plan and a purpose. I know some of you are thinking right now, Jeff, but you don't understand the pain I'm in. And I would say, maybe I don't, but God does. God does. And I want to close with this, Psalm 77. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I, I put it up here because in the hopes that some of you would, would read this this week, Psalm 77, maybe one or two of you will. It starts pretty intense. I'm going to read a couple verses because it's so long. There's, it just goes and goes and goes. But it, I, I put it up here because I, I thought there's somebody here today that might want to listen to what it says. So here it is. I cried out, oh, by the way, this was one of David's worship leaders. And Dave, Dave, I love worship leaders. It's funny, Dave Baker was leading today. But David, in the Bible, had all these worship leaders that said these things. And so he made, they made these, these, uh, these songs, basically. And, and they were going through some things in their, in their life. And so this was their worship. And so listen, listen to this, this, uh, this tirade that as he goes out here, it's kind of cool. I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord at night. I stretched out untiring hands, and I would not be comforted. You ever been there? God, I need you. I need you. I need you. What did he do? Great old worship leader. I remembered you, God, and I groaned, and I meditated, and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. What did I do again? I thought about the formal di- former days of years long ago. Excellent. And then he goes on. I remembered the songs of the night. I remembered all this. It goes on and then goes down to verse 11. All this stuff he's going through, he cried out, God's not there. And he goes, oh, I know what I'll do. I know how I get away from distractions. I know how it's when, the, when the lo- it feels like the, the load of all the world is falling in on me. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Whew, gives me chills. There's more to it, but I don't want to get into it. Read it if you got a minute this week. If you're in a season of doubt, if you're here, you're overwhelmed, if your walk with Christ is just meh, God wants to do something to you through you today. If you remember how God has been faithful to you, you will be faithful to him. If you're here today and he's never been faithful to you and you can't think of anything, then let's talk. Let's talk, okay? You have a day that you can remember that God did something incredible in your life. Because if you don't, you want to give it to God because he wants you to give yourself to him. Let's pray. We're going to go into communion right after this. Thank you, Lord, for loving us when we're lovable. Thank you for loving us when we're not lovable. Thank you for making us lovable. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you for all the things you did in Genesis and Exodus and all the way through. Because God, that is a record. That is a record of the one who made us and how he got us here, and how he got Jesus here, and in a, a record of your faithfulness. And so, God, I pray for somebody today, as they're re- here today, and they're trembling in their boots, and they're about to lose their mind because they're so distraught, because grief has overtaken them, because fear has overtaken them. Because they don't know what to do about living in this this insane world that we live in. 
where wrong is right and right is wrong. God, I pray that you'll help them to remember and you'll bring to their mind and to their heart and to their spirits today just a picture of who you are, how much you love us, and the plan that you have for our lives. Bring it to our attention, God. And if we don't know what your will yet is for our life, God, let us do nothing else but seek it. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to go into here what we call a time of communion, and it's going to be really simple. Here it is. I just want you to remember what God has done in your life. You have a little uh, valentine there on your seat. And uh, Connie, I don't think knew that I was going to do this, but what I'd like you to do is I want you just to pick that up, and I want you to hold it in your hand, and I want you to think about how much God loves you. Not about the love that, of, a, of a person right now, just about how much God loves you. And then if you've not taken your communion yet uh, or gotten your communion, you can get that. I'm going to play a song, uh, one of my favorites, uh, by one of my favorite. Um, I'll I, I put it this way. It's my favorite right now. <laughs> I have a lot of favorites. And uh, it's called I Speak Jesus. And uh, I want you to listen to that and take your communion. And then at the end of that, when you're done, when, you're, when you've done all that God is want to do in you, I want you to take that little heart. And I want you to give it back to God right here. There's a little box right here. And I want you to put it in that box and then go back to your seat. And if you can't get up here by yourself, have somebody else put it in the box for you, okay? And uh, you, you see what God does during this time. Let's pray one more time for our communion and our offering. And uh, then the, the, the video will play as you uh, do those things as the lights go down here. Jesus, I thank you for the remembrance that you gave us. This is such a beautiful thing. The beauty of, of your son sitting at that table, around that table, knowing that he was going to be betrayed, knowing that what was going to happen to him, knowing that he was going to do all that for us. If we can't remember anything else today, God, let us remember that. And then, God, let us love you truly with all our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength, and our body. Everything that we have, God. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
something beautiful about that name in there, Jesus. I think that's it. If you can't do anything else, just speak that name, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I've done that so much, and it brings such calm and such peace to my life. Well, this brings an end to our service. We're going to do the, uh, our announcements, but before I do that, I've just got a special segment to, to, to go with very quickly. Um, let me tell you a quick history lesson. Uh, the 21 years of our church, uh, when we started, we started in a coffee shop back in, uh, at Benjamin's, and uh, we didn't have uh, much of a, the leadership was myself, and uh, we're going to start a church. And so then we, uh, after a couple of years, we started what was called a leadership team, and that's how we govern the church, because our church is not connected to any denomination. It's not connected to anybody else. It's just, it's, it's kind of gone over by us, the folks here in this, in this place. And so we, uh, then we started praying to God to bring us the biblical concept of elders. And uh, so uh, we started, I think, back in 2.9, or 2.10, we had our first elders. And then uh, we've had about eight different elders since that time. And uh, we are, uh, today we're, one of our, uh, I would call it a policy we do, we don't vote here about elders. We do one thing, though, that ensures that we're doing the right thing. We ask you for the next 30 days, I'm going to recommend somebody that your elders, current elders, uh, are have been praying about and uh, asking God to uh, let be part of our, of our new leadership uh, here. Uh, elders are very um, essential in everything that goes on here. Uh, they keep me in check. They remind me uh, of things that uh, I need to think about and vice versa. They, and they, they plot the spiritual direction of this church and where we go. And they've done a very good job of that. And they take care of the finances. They take care of, of a lot of the things that go on in our church. And so we uh, are in need for some other elders. So we're going to uh, today nominate we've, uh, your elders bring before you Rick Noling. And uh, Rick is going to, for the next 30 days, we'd like you to pray for Rick. And we want you to, to ask that uh, God's blessing be put on him and his family because anytime that you um, stand somebody up, uh, the devil uh, not only distracts them, he comes and tries to kick their butt. And uh, I believe that will happen because uh, anybody who says, follow me as I follow Jesus, basically gets their rear end kicked a lot. And so when he's going to... Uh, come on, if you, if you have any questions about Rick or anything like that, I ask that you talk to Dave, myself, or Wade. 
You can't talk to Wade because he left for Florida today. He's in his three-week business trip and slash vacation. So, uh, you, but you can talk to him if you need to. So let us know and pray. The, the biggest and the best thing you can do is pray. Pray for the, the future of our church because we're, we're going to add some more elders here in the next year because we, um, Dave and I are getting a little bit gray in the tooth and, uh, you know, and so we just need some, uh, we need some, some young, younger people coming on. And so we're very excited about that. And so we ask that you would, would pray for that. Um, let's see the, the announcements and then we'll let you go home. Thank you so much for being here. Good morning, Impact Christian Church. My name is Abby Lucas. I just have a few announcements about what is going on here at ICC. Thank you to the Lucas family and Matt Gregory for making our pancake breakfast this morning. It was very delicious. There is no youth group tonight because of the Super Bowl, so enjoy the night off. If you're in the 55 and plus group, please make sure you get signed up for your outing on February 20th to go to the Mayberry Cafe and Flea Market. If you are interested in playing Euchre on February 24th from 6 to 8, we're going to be hosting a Euchre night here at the church. Please make sure you get signed up by next Sunday and there is no need to bring a partner. Thank you to everyone who bought pizzas to support our last missing trip. We have about 20 adults and teens that are going on this trip. So please continue to pray for the missions team and that we are able to bless the people in Jamaica. Well, ICC, that is all the news I have for you. I hope you have a blessed and awesome week and we'll see you next week. Bye. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the saints, let the name of the Lord be.